1: Tdn Fantasy, the Tdn Fantasy, the TDN podcast.
2: Fantasy podcast with your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
3: Welcome into the Tdn Fantasy podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. We're moving on to the NFC East. If you didn't listen to uh, the other podcast this week we preview the air, we uh, looked at the AFC East post free agency pre draft. And now we've moved on to the NFC East. Uh, As far as intrigue goes with the AFC East, we are very excited about that division because it's going to look a lot different, right? There's a lot of changes in that division. This division... We've come to get used to quite a few of these quarterbacks. There are going to be changes. There's a big change in a coaching staff, right, for the Dallas Cowboys in a staff that we've gotten used to watching for a very long time. But we're going to start off at the top, right, the Philadelphia Eagles, atop of that division. Felt like nobody really won that division last year because none of them really deserved to win. Uh, they kind of backed themselves into a playoff position, right? Jamie, but the, the two biggest acquisitions for the Philadelphia Eagles this offseason are Darius, uh, Darius Slay and Javon Hargrave, right? Those are two big additions. They lost out on Byron Jones, but those are two very big additions to this team, considering uh, specifically their, their defense and that secondary were atrocious for mo- much of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a tremendous upgrade at one of the spots. They still have a lot of concerns in that secondary. They obviously had to let go of Malcolm Jenkins and some other players there. They still have some holes they have to fill on that side. But considering what they gave up, which was almost nothing relative to Darius Slay's overall talent level, that is a tremendous coup for Howie Roseman and company. And that will be a tremendous boost to the Eagles' defense next year. Still have some holes they need to fill. A lot of it is figuring out what happens at the draft. And quite frankly, a lot of it is staying healthy. And part of it is figuring out, does Alshon Jeffrey actually want to be there? Does he not want to be there? Does it change with the wind? Should you even care at this point? All of those things are factors they have to worry about. And looking into the draft where it's a deep receiver core, there's going to be somebody really good there at number 22 for them to easily replace Nelson Aguilar. They, they, need other, they just need to stay healthy this year, uh, but they also still need to add a weapon there, and they still need to add a weapon to the secondary.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. My mock draft that it will be out – I guess, early next week. I got a lot of receivers gone by the time they pick at 22. And while I love the fact that they got Derek Slay in a shutdown corner, I don't love the fact that they have a huge – find a couple, and they're talking about moving one of their corners to safety. I, I kind of got them penciled into maybe taking Xavier McKinney at 22 and taking a safety. They don't have a ton of needs. Maybe a linebacker there as well. They don't have a ton of needs. But if they go out healthy with Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey. Deshaun Jackson and Greg Ward, who came on at the end of the year, maybe learns how to play in the slot dynamic playmaker in open space who needs to learn the position, but really played well with Zach Ertz and that offensive line. They're okay. I don't think they have to take a receiver as deep as this receiver draft is in the first. I think they could take them later on and maybe take Alshon Jeffries replacement. And maybe it is a Michael Pittman jr. In the second or third he's he's climbing everybody's boards They'll probably be in the second, but a bigger guy to maybe take Alshon Jeffries place uh, I, I think I'm. I think I'm going to pencil them in right there. at Xavier McKinney as I'm doing my mock. I think they need more secondary help than they need anything.
3: Look at Jake learning the the ways of the business and teasing his mock draft. That's going to come oh. out on Monday on the DraftNetwork.com. It's just. I'm oh, looking
2: real.
0: forward to that one.
3: Oh, it's going to be great! I'm really excited to see the first I'm ever. Working in
0: my trades right now. I got everybody penciled Woo. in, but my last minute stuff of, of getting some trades on here. I got a couple of last minute kinks I'm working out.
3: I love it. I love it. So here's – let's take a look here at the Eagles' upcoming uh, picks, right, in the upcoming draft. So how they're going to address what they need. Because, Jamie, you said it, right? They still got a lot of needs on this football team. Um, because from a roster standpoint, I think we all agree the Cowboys have a have a much better total roster. Um, or at least last year we were pretty excited about last year. Last year, I it think might... it's closer
2: now, given the, the losses on yeah, the defensive side yeah, of Dallas.
3: exactly. But here's what here's what they're working with because Eagles do have some some pretty good draft capital, right? They're number twenty one overall. They have number fifty three. No, they have a third overall pick. They're a compensatory pick one hundred three, one twenty seven in the fourth, one forty five in the fourth, one forty six in the fourth and 168 in the fifth and 190 in the sixth. So a couple of, you heard there, one, two, three, fourth round picks, right? They go one, two, three, and then they get three fourth rounders. So maybe there's an opportunity for Howie Roseman to get creative here, Jamie, and add some, add some more pieces for Carson Wentz. Maybe keep this team healthy would be the biggest part of this, right? There's been a lot of injury issues for this football team, Carson Wentz included. But really, Add to that whole team so Carson Wentz can have a full season maybe with everybody, a full complementary group of pieces.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, they need to add some depth along the offensive line. We've already talked about their issues in the secondary they need to address. I mean, they need to find – I think they need to bring in another back As well, I I know as well as Boston Scott played last year. I don't think you want to rely on him to be that guy if Miles Sanders goes down again. So I think you need to add another back there at some point. Not not a. I I don't think you're in on the round one or round two guys in that scenario by any means. But uh, I think somebody else as a compliment would be strong. Uh, I have Justin Jefferson going to them at 22, and I think if he's still on the board there, he's a guy that's been shooting up. uh, So I would not be shocked if he goes earlier. But if he's still on the board there, the ability to throw him in the slot right away. Uh, I think will be uh, tough to pass up for them, but uh, they have a lot of different needs they need to address. And look, this is a very, very, very winnable division. Uh, uh, Dallas lost some key pieces. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about the Travis Frederick loss and some of the Byron Jones loss. So this is a division that both teams, I know that the Eagles kind of went on a winning streak, but it really felt like both teams came closer to limping to the finish line than anything else. Uh, I'm curious to see, how these two teams draft, because it's going to be a huge factor in whether or not one of these two teams can emerge from the other as the clear NFC East favorite.
0: Look, I like Carson Wentz as the best quarterback in the division by far, in my opinion. The only coaching staff returning, by the way, is Philadelphia in this division. Mm -hmm. The rest of them have brand new staffs. That first year of changing everything up, which means you're going to be changing personnel, doing a lot of different stuff. Great point. Dallas isn't going to change as much personnel. Well, you got the best quarterback that's with the head coach I, I already said they're offensive weapons. I mean, as I'm sitting here thinking about my mock draft again, now I'm thinking, okay, they got four fourth-round picks. They could get creative, and they could move up and take Jason Peters' replacement then one of these tackles, which means they probably need to get inside the top 12 to make sure that happens. But that could be interesting. They could swap out with, like, maybe 11 or 12 to 22, give up a couple fourths to maybe a second next year, and then they take a left tackle in that first round and you don't have to bring Jason Peters back, which hasn't happened. Um, I don't know if he wants to be back, but eventually they got to replace him. He's been a phenomenal Hall of Famer. He's been there forever, but they got to replace him. Got Lane Johnson locked up on the right side. That makes a lot of sense as well. But to me, the main holes on this team are still on that defense. They got to have more secondary pieces. They got to have linebacker pieces, and they just got to stay healthy. They were so banged up last year. I still think if you put their top team on the field against Dallas's top team, I still like Carson Wentz to come out on top.
3: It's such, a, it's such a big wild card with them, though, with their, with their injury issues, right? Because specifically with Carson Wentz, right? Because I think we all, we all agree, and, and Jake, you drive, the, 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 you drive a couple bandwagons and trains. This is one of them. You're definitely the king of the Carson Wentz. You, you go at it with Philadelphia fans. And I kind of started to become that way towards the end of the season. So did Jamie, because honestly, at a certain point, he was out there really by himself with a whole lot of nothing, still making stuff happen at the end of the Winning year. Winning games. Winning games, when on the opposite side, the team we're going to talk about wasn't doing that with the full complement of weapons, right? And I think that was very interesting when you looked at the, the conversation around paying Dak Prescott, right, and how you really could put one up against the other and look at what the difference was and, and what one was doing. Um, and going to make less money than the other. Right. And it's pretty easy, especially when those two teams in the division, it's very easy to, you know, start to look at them side by side. Right. So I think if, if we look at this class where it is now or where they are right now, Jamie, what kind of grade would you give Philadelphia?
2: Uh, hey, look, they get, they get a B-plus for me at the moment. Uh, it, it's buoyed by the Darius Slay trade. I mean, that, that's a huge addition yeah, to add to huge. your team. It's better than anybody they would have taken at 22 in the draft, they, and they gave up two middle-round picks to do it. Uh, so you got, you got to love that trade, but I still have some concerns along the offensive line. You know, Peters hasn't been brought back, as Jake said. Uh, they lost Vitae in this offseason as well, so I mean, there there are some pieces they need to fill, but they could fill a lot of these pieces in the draft. I'm not sure they're going to be able to fill that tackle void unless, like Jake says, they start packaging a bunch of picks together and trying to move up. And I think that might be easier said than done unless they're going to a, a, have a major package and move up to, let's say, Carolina at seven. Because I think a lot of those other teams like guys around there. You're, are you gonna if, if San Francisco is hell bent on taking a receiver or the second best corner in the draft, they're not going to move out of that 13th pick. The Raiders are, are hell-bent on taking a receiver. They're not moving at a 12. The Jets want a tackle, too, if, and I think with the receiver being their fallback plan. The, the, the Cleveland Browns want a left tackle. Uh, the Cardinals at 8 want a tackle. So, I mean, it's going to be tough to find a trading partner for a tackle without moving significantly further up, uh, at minimum, ahead of Tampa Bay. And even then, I'm not sure those teams make a lot of sense for giving the guys they want there to drop all the way back down to 22 and say, yeah, I'm going to risk losing out on Judy or Ruggs or Lamb to hope I get – uh, you know, Jefferson or Mims or somebody. I think that's a significant drop for those teams. So it's going to be tough for them to fill all of these voids, but they're going to get an impact player either at safety like Jake has a mocked receiver, like I have a mocked with that first round pick with the potential of they still should can be considered the favorites in the NFC East. They just need to get healthy because Carson Wentz plays like he did in the back half of the year with legitimate NFL talent at the wide receiver positions this year. This isn't going to be a close race.
3: Jake, your thoughts? Uh, I I tend to agree with Jamie, right? I think this has been the the, the Cowboys will be interesting, right? Because I think Mike McCarthy brings a whole different dynamic. We're going to have to see what that looks like and how it plays out, right? Because as of right now, I know the Mike McCarthy that played in the division that I, the the coach in the division, I know so well, right? And I assume that he's going to be an upgrade over Jason Garrett, but I don't know that for certain. I assume that that's going to happen. But Give yourself, give this draft grade to the Philadelphia Eagles before we move on and talk about the Cowboys.
0: I think it's a solid B. I mean, you're talking about a solid team that needs to get more healthy than they needed to do a lot of stuff in the offseason. They've they've handled their cap pretty well. Uh, I'd like to see some of these guys come back. Nigel Bradham would be awesome. He's Really solid linebacker. I mean, they need some help. But I, I think they got multiple – even if they went Josh Jones from Houston at 22 or 21, wherever they're picking the first round, it's not a horrible way to go, a late 20s first-round pick for another tackle. And he, if they Jason Peters does come back for one more year, you don't necessarily have to play him, but you have a swing tackle. It's hard, it's hard to take a first-round pick that doesn't play. I'd give him a solid B. I, I, and I, I still think they're the favorites because you have – I don't care how good McCarthy is. It's still your first year. I yeah, like the course. staff. I think it's an upgrade. I think it's gonna. But there's a lot of nuances, a lot of new stuff going on. And they are worse. They lost pieces. So I think Philly healthy is, is the favorite for the division. But I give them a solid B right now. I think they can move up to a B plus, A minus. I
3: think I love that you brought up the point really that this whole division uh, with the exception of Philadelphia is changing coaching staffs. I think, you know, I think we can collectively say we, we have a lot of faith in in Ron Rivera, right? We have a lot of faith in in Mike McCarthy, but it's still a change, right? It's still something new. And Doug yeah. Pearson's a good coach and he's going to be another year with Carson Wentz. So I think that that gives them an advantage in a different way maybe that other people are not thinking about all right let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys they obviously lock up Amari Cooper long term right this was a a discussion point for God it felt like we talked about Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott's contracts for six months before it was even free agents it was like the whole season right it was just the inevitable this is going to be a thing that happens and he got signed to quite a big deal, but they lose Byron Jones. They lose Robert Quinn. Um, they add Gerald McCoy. Um, they add HaHa Clinton-Dix. So they, have, they did add some additional pieces, but Byron Jones, a key piece. Robert Quinn, their leader in sacks. They lose quite a few pieces on this defense. Jake, I'll go to you first here. What's your overall thoughts on, on what the Cowboys have done thus far?
0: I don't like it. You have a quarterback now playing on a franchise tag. He's going to have to play which means that's all coming up again next year. You overpaid for Amari Cooper. I don't care how you cut it. Yes, technically per year it's not as high as $100 million, but it's $100 million. It's a lot of money. For Amari Cooper. Yeah. Right, a lot of money. I like the fact that they added some defensive tackles for some run stopper, Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy, but they're both aging. I don't know that you really added a, a ton there. Ha-Ha Clinton-Dix, solid. They needed safety help, but he's been around for a while. And why hasn't he stuck at some other places? I don't know if he's lived up to coming out of Alabama and that billing that he was early on in his career. Uh, to me, they got worse. I mean, I, I got to give them a C-plus for the offseason so far because they still don't have their quarterback, the, the main piece of any franchise, locked up for more than a year. You let Byron Jones go, so now you got corner. I, I they think they're okay at corner. I'm, I don't think that they've filled their secondary issues with Ha-Ha, Clinton Dix, and Byron Jones being gone. I think they have to add some pieces in this draft. Offensively, they, they should be fine. But they also had one of the best centers retire. Who didn't play up to standards last year after getting sick, and it's, it's a terrible thing what happened to Frederick. A phenomenal player gets that disease, sits out for that year, comes back, and he just wasn't the same guy and had to retire. Uh, but that's a gigantic loss, right? So there's another huge hole on what used to be the best offensive line in football. I don't know that you can say that anymore. They're still really good. They still got bookend tackles. They still got some pieces. But it's not what it was three years ago. And last year they had injuries. Uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, I think they're still better than the Giants. But if the Giants could put out a healthy team that plays in a very complimentary, hard-nosed thing that Joe wants to do, I, I think they're not going to be too far behind. I, I don't know. I think I think the, the Cowboys—they're still improvement money. They still have a talented roster, but it's not as talented as a year ago.
2: Yeah, and that—that's kind of where I am on. Uh, I mean, I would—I would give him even lower. I—I w- would say C minus at best. I mean, you lose your best corner, you lose your—you lose your best center, uh, which is a tremendous loss. Even though he wasn't giving you the same level of production late last season, you weren't getting the same production out of your team late last season. So yeah. that's a concern as well. Uh, you know, you—you've lost some of these pieces. I, I think they're gonna. I like the Alden Smith chance. I mean, you—you you take a chance on the dude, and it's, it's a huge. It's a, its a risk, but. It, it's not for much money. And look, they're going to have to use pass rush to cover up their secondary holes. I think that, and I think they're going to go uh, chase on with their pay. That's where I have them mocked in mind. I think they might just have to go with this. Let our pass rush aid our meh secondary right now. Because they might think they're set back there, but they're not. Uh, I'm, not I'm not really encouraged with what they have. Uh, in those pieces, hot Dix is fine, but I don't think he is a, a massive upgrade by any means over what they had there before. Uh, I like that. They've, they've solidified the defensive line and look, they have an incredibly talented group of skill position players on offense. We we've talked about this for years now. That's not been the concern. The concern is, can they learn this new system quick enough to have to outperform what they did last year? Cause they got the same pieces there. Like, I think that's the concern of how much more are you going to get out of Dak? how much more are you going to get out of Zeke? How much more are you going to get out of Amari Cooper? Like There's, there's not a lot of room for those guys to take huge step forward to make your team Good better point. than they were last year. And you took downgrades in the secondary. You've downgraded your offensive line. You've downgraded – I don't know if you've downgraded the tight end position, but you didn't upgrade like you hoped for when you were in on like the Greg Olson sweepstakes. I think Jarwin's fine.
0: but I think Jarwin's I, better than they had last year.
2: Sure, but I think it's not as big of an upgrade as they probably were hoping for. Yeah. I just, to me, it's like this is a team that still has plenty of talent, but they have a huge swing. Where I still think that this this team is going to have a winning record and it's going to compete for the division. But I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if I just don't trust this team after what happened last year. I'm just not sure they're really, even if they get into the into the postseason, true contenders in the NFC.
3: There's a lot of friction here right now with with Dak, and I think this could all turn out to to really bite them. Right. And, and you're, you're banking on the fact that, listen, we know how, we know what Dak was offered, whether or not you think he should have taken that deal is, is, is long gone. Right. But what you have is you just watched Jerry Jones and company pay both Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and are now basically forcing Dak into a situation where, listen, he, I don't know how he reacts, right? Because at a certain point last year, we were obviously looking at this offense and they were scoring the most points per game. And Dak was having an unbelievable season. And, and I think a lot of that was inflated because of the couple of teams that they played to the beginning of the year. And they did come back to earth. But this has the recipe for issues, right? And I, I think that's going to be interesting to pay attention to for the, with this team. I think Mike McCarthy can handle it. I think it's going to be in a much better position because of that, but we'll see. Their draft picks—they go 17, right? They, that's their round one pick. They have uh, round two, they go 51 overall. Round three, 82 overall. Round four, 123. Round five, 164. Round five, 179. No six and a and a seventh, right? So they have two fifths, no six, and a seventh. But they go straight through, other than that. Jamie, when you look at this team, what are there some of the some of the things you think they need to really address in the draft, and can that help kind of elevate the? The kind of bad grade that they have right now, when you're looking at the team.
2: Yeah, I mean they're most likely going defense here. I think the the latest odds from sports books are like minus three thirty-five. This is a defensive (laughs) player with their first pick. Uh, I think Chase on's a possibility. Then corner uh, is a possibility safety as well. I mean, they could have their pick at the top safety in draft at that point, their pick at the number two corner, depending on how things fall, maybe number three corner. If one goes up early, uh, whether it's Fulton or whether CJ Henderson drops, whether maybe they're in on Jeff Gladney. I mean, there are a lot of options for them there, but I think they're going either pass rush or secondary with that pick.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, they have to, it really it would depend a little bit on what Atlanta does right in front of them. Atlanta's yeah. probably going to go corner as well. And that could be the second corner which means maybe they go McKinney and they add a guy. I don't. I think it's too high for Grant Delpit. His, his workout numbers were great. I, have, I haven't heard great things about his tape that he actually put on his junior year was a lot better, or his sophomore year or whatever, the year before. Uh, he's not as multiple as people think. Uh, he's a little bit bigger, so he's more of a true safety, not a guy that can play in the box or play in the slot. But they can. They could go chase on there. They could, they could get – I can see him moving back four or five picks and maybe picking up another second, which would help this team tremendously. Here's how this, this, here's how this unravels. they got to figure out who the hell they are. Are they going to smash mouth and play action off of that with these big-time receivers, which I think is what they should do, not necessarily put it on Dak's back? But here's the problem. You re-sign Sean Lee, Vander Esch, Jalen Smith. I love their linebacking core. But Vander Esch is one hit from having another stinger and a neck issue he's out six, eight weeks. Sean Lee has been healthy for one year of his career, and that was last year. He's now aging. He pulls a hamstring. Now you're down to Jalen Smith and nobody with a bad secondary and you're getting your asses torched so they got to play complementary football if they figure out who they are and that's going to be run the ball ball control play action off of it that defense has to be healthy to do that so they have to add a pick here and maybe multiple picks i can see them trading back five six spots and maybe picking up an additional second which would help them a bunch they because they still got to have that offensive lineup they pick up another second maybe they could draft a center or guard to fill some of this offensive line issues, but if they have any injuries on this defense and that's, there's not a huge if that's more likely than not yeah, for you know, sure. They're going to, they're going to struggle.
3: Yeah. This is a, this is a roster that last year we all really loved. There's still a lot to like here, but I think that the Dak wild Card brings it brings a totally different dynamic new coaching staff everything for us to watch so one of the teams who i think that will be will be paying close attention to and, and probably debating over that win total uh quite a bit as we head into the uh nfl season all right the new york giants top two acquisitions here uh per cbs sports james bradbury and blake martinez right they they were in on the byron jones uh sweepstakes I should say for a while they got outbid by a team that had a lot of money right this is another team in flux coaching changes again um lots of this is this is one of those ones that I didn't know they were actually going to do it Jake we talked about this as as the time kind of approached, whether or not they were going to make a move whether or not they were going to actually change head coaches um they obviously do they make their change they're going into this uh this seems like there's been a lot of movement and obviously no more Eli Manning, right? That's, even though he wasn't the starter at the beginning of last, you know, the had yeah, Daniel Jones, it's, it's, it's the end of an era in New York, right? And, and this is going to look – this organization is going to look a lot different moving forward. So what has your overall thoughts been on, on what Dave Gettleman's done so far, Jake?
0: I like it. I, I got to give it, you know, a solid B right now. But you added two defensive starters. Bradbury is really solid at corner. Blake Martinez is a tackling machine. Uh, which you know well his time in green bay he was all over the place he's you know 10 15 tackles a game kind of guy flies all over the place so they they upgraded there i like that they didn't really lose a ton if this offense is healthy and saquon's back healthy ingram's healthy he never stay that way slayton came on last year played really well golden tate they got to be healthy but they still got to play better on the offensive line daniel jones got to quit turning the ball over which i think he'll get better i like the kid he, he's, he's a lot more mobile than people think very very accurate got some chemistry down the stretch with some of these young guys and they got to go. I think they need a tackle, but the Isaiah Simmons things is, is, is so intriguing right there where they're sitting at four. That's really going to be like, all right, is there a run on tackles? Do they take one? Cause now all four of those guys could be out of there by the top 10. If they take one at four uh, it'll be really interesting, but I, I think that defense has got to be better. And in that division, a guy that can cover tight ends, and Isaiah Simmons, they, can, they pass rush, cover tight ends, play all over the field. It makes a lot of sense to me. But I like what they've done. I think they've gotten better. And if they're healthy, I think they're just a baby step behind Dallas from making a big push. I think they're going to play damn good special teams. They're going to play their asses off. They're going to run the rock. They really want to play ball control, shorten the game. But they gotta, they got to add some defensive help, in my opinion, to do that. But I love the Martinez and Bradbury thing. I think they got better there.
2: Yeah, no, I do too. And I think they've had a pretty solid off season and, and what they do it for is going to be fascinating because again, you can go tackle there. You can go Isaiah Simmons. Do you trade back? You know, I know everybody's already uh, just assumed Detroit's trading back. But what if they don't then, then what happens, you know, what, then are the giants and Gettleman tempted to say, Oh, okay. You know, we're cool with now. We, we can go back and we look at Okuda, We look at Simmons and we look at a tackle that opens up how far back now you can slide down. If you're the giants, and opens you up to a lot more teams that might be willing to move up there. Um, you know, it, It's going to be fascinating to see what they do at that spot. They desperately need a tackle, but I like Jake. I, I don't know if you could pass on a talent like Simmons there, uh, the type of impact player he can be all over the field uh, at, at a humongous position of need for the team. But I like what they did in the offseason too. Like Jake said, Bradbury's a good addition, especially now that he's away from Mike Evans. Uh, that's going to be a huge boost to his, his overall value there. Uh, you know, I like Blake Martinez signing. I like that they were able to – they invested draft capital in trading for Leonard Williams, and they kept Leonard Williams, which is going to help that defense. Getting healthy on offense, like uh, you look at Daniel Jones presumably taking a step forward next year. You have, again, Sterling Shepherd, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram if he could stay healthy, Saquon Barkley. I mean, you have a lot of pieces there that are really exciting on that offense. If that defense can just get off the field, the Giants are going to be competitive.
3: Okay, let's look at their let's look at their draft capital, right? So the the big discussion here, obviously, around four. We have had so much fun at the draft network talking about what the hell Dave Gettleman's gonna do here, because it's it, it's a huge wild card. Jamie, you bring up obviously what the Detroit Lions do is gonna have a big say in what happens here. There's And I think everything that's going on around the country and and the the situation that we're going to be in for this draft has really also thrown in a different dynamic that is going to potentially make trades not as easy as what we're looking at in in past years. And maybe there's not as much movement because everybody's not in the same room, right? This is going to be a totally different dynamic. So they – this draft I think has more intrigue than ever before and the Giants are one of definitely one of those picks that I know everybody's kind of waiting for it to go like Jake said could it be a run on tackles right are they the ones that started there at 4 so they have the 4th overall pick they have the 36th overall pick 99 110 150 183 218 238 247 and 255 so they go straight through 1 through 6 and then they have four seventh round picks right so Jake, when you look at this overall team, do you, do you have the ability to, to bump them up to an A if they do a really, really good job in the draft?
0: Yeah, because now that we're talking about it, I, I think Detroit's staying packed and taking Akuta, and that means they could be the first person ahead of Miami now that somebody wants to move back. I can easily see them moving back and still getting a damn good player and adding even more. Uh, I mean, it's Dave Gettleman. We got, we got to talk about who's making the decision. Gettleman builds it from the trenches. That's what he does. This is why everybody's saying, okay, it makes a lot of sense to take Isaiah Simmons there, who, in my opinion, is a little bit of a tweener. He doesn't fit every single system. But when you got to cover Zach Ertz, right, and you gotta, you got to figure out what Washington's doing on offense. If they figure out, they, it's, it's Ron Rivera, so if they have their Greg Olson guy, they're going to have a tight end you've got to cover. It makes a lot of sense in that division to have a guy that they play over the place and in Joe Judge's defense is going to be a lot like New England they're going to be very multiple so he's going to play all over the place it makes a lot of sense but Dave Gettleman is a build it from the trenches guy so I could see him moving back and still getting a tackle maybe not one of the first ones that goes but there's all four of those top guys are really the same kind of guy uh, I don't think there's everybody's got them rated different uh, and then picking up maybe another first maybe an early second which they've got now makes a lot of sense I mean it, if not, I think they stay packed, but they got to add to this defense.
2: Yeah, and one, like, let's get wild for a second, just because we can. Let's say, you know, there's a team in Florida that just traded a quarterback to Chicago that maybe is panicking. And like, you know what, we need the QB of the future. Here's 9-20 and 20 to move up. Now, all of a sudden, the Giants could be sitting in a spot where, yeah, they're going to take the second best tackle on the board most likely. So maybe wherever they like it. if, if worst goes off to Arizona, maybe it's Wills, maybe it's Becton, maybe it's Thomas, whatever they like at that spot. 20, you can come back with uh, a Penza. You can come back with a Patrick Queen. You can come back with, maybe somebody falls to you. Maybe one of the Christian Fulton or Chase on Falls uh, at that point in the draft. Things can get very interesting for the Giants in that scenario. If they can start a bidding war uh, for that spot, if a team that, I know we've always talked about the Dolphins moving up or the Chargers moving up ahead of the Dolphins, but I wouldn't be shocked if another team is at least in the running. They may not win. They may not be able to outbid somebody, but puts the Giants in a very interesting position. Because to me, I, I agree with you, Jake. I think the Lions should stand pat and take Okuda. Like I think that's the, they need a player like that. He's going to be there for them. He's a great fit. That's who they take there. Now, if somebody blows you away with an amazing offer, sure, you always listen. But that giant spot becomes very interesting because you don't want to pass on a guy like Simmons. But if I, if passing on Simmons means you get Add another pass rusher, maybe the third best linebacker and the second best tackle. Now all of a sudden those are two needs you filled right away. And that becomes really interesting if you're Dave Gettleman.
3: I like Absolutely. what you said. I haven't thought about that little trade scenario yet, Jamie. I like that one. That's that's one I haven't really uh, that's one I haven't really thought about. Look at look at Jamie coming outside the box. I love I love getting him. Listen, we have nothing else to do. T- there is no other sporting events. It's the NFL draft. That's all we have. So it's, it's, it's fun to take some opportunities to talk about. Look,
0: that makes a ton of sense too, Paige, because Jacksonville still has, they still have a base of have capital. They could move in a trade and get back in the first. Yep. Right. Yep, Their a franchise ton. player doesn't want to be there. They can still move him and get back in sure. and end up with an early and, and maybe late first or early second. And they don't really necessarily need those. So say they move up to four and they take two or Herbert. Okay. I Ahead I of Miami this
3: happens. Oh, and then Miami go takes
0: back. one. What do what the Chargers do? The Chargers move out of six? I can see Carolina moving out of seven. Now, yeah. what, what happens? Depending what They're not taking love at six. They'll, they'll move back. Now, now, yeah, now Simmons is. Can somebody move back up into six or seven to, to then do that? Or yeah. jump oh. ahead of those other guys to take another one of those tackles? Now we don't Feed have a tackle me the the Feed that, me that the be, chaos. Feed me all the chaos. That could be really interesting
3: yeah i love it i i think that any any bit of chaotic umness that can happen in this draft i think will will add to this and anytime there's Listen, we always talk about it with quarterbacks. We Yes, there are a ton of guys. There's a ton of question marks on Tua. There's a ton of question marks on Herbert. There's even question marks, really, if you boil it down on Joe Burrow and being a one-year Absolutely. One wonder. And, and I mean, there's... This isn't there, the greatest play, quarterback
0: you know, class ever that everybody's talking about it. Is. No, no. And look, they've played zero
2: NFL snaps. The reality exactly. is, is, again, as we always talk about, they're lottery tickets. You do the best you can. You do the best research you can. You. It's all about probabilities. But they always but we don't get know anything. Yeah,
3: yeah, because oh. I yeah,
2: ask, ask the draft network guys, and, and they'll tell you about this where they have them on their big board yeah. versus where they're going to go in drafts. Like, there's a tremendous difference at the quarterback position, and there always is, and there always will be. Understandable. myself, so,
0: people I've talked to, nobody in this draft would be ahead of Mahomes, and that's the people I talked to before that love Mahomes, not going at 10, but Mahomes should have been higher than that. No way they're ahead of Andrew Luck. I don't see anybody. I mean, golf got overdrafted Decker or Carson Wentz was the best of that one. None of them. If he's coming out, they're not ahead of him. It's not, there's four of them. So it makes it feel like it's this great quarterback draft, but it's really not. It, it's, it, it, but they always get overdrafted. They're the ones that are available. So, and you have all this movement. Detroit could, could trade that New York could trade that Miami's got a ton of capital. They feel like they got to panic and move up. It's going to be really interesting. That top five. Okay. There's no tackle that goes. Simmons hasn't gone. Because Carolina would love to be sitting there at seven and not trade down and Simmons fall on their lap. That would be phenomenal too.
3: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different scenarios. And we know, we know with the quarterback stuff, it always, it, there's, there's the easy equation for us to say, sit back, let the draft come to you, make the, but we know what happens. The second it starts, it's this, oh God, I got to go get my guy, right? And, if, and listen, if it works out, it doesn't matter what you traded because it's your franchise quarterback. But if it doesn't, then all of a sudden it turns out to be a horrible scenario, right? Where they're talking about Miami potentially giving up three first round picks to move up for Joe Burrow. If that turns around, it doesn't facilitate into him being your starting quarterback two or three years from now. It t- turns out to be a huge, a huge flop, right? Ask Ryan Pace, who's now got Nick They do that.
0: Back. It's just their quarterback for five years. And you're looking at Jameis Winston and, and Mariota. So if you do that, he's your quarterback for five years. You might not win a lot of games, but that's yeah. that's what's going to be. Yeah,
3: yeah. So you better you better be really sure if you're giving up a ton of picks and a ton of capital to move up. I think this this class has been <laughs> just completely overrated. But uh, before
2: we get off that point, page Jake, yeah. what do you? How would you compare it to the 2018 class? You have the you have Mayfield at one, you have Darnold at three, Josh Allen at seven or eight or yeah. six, one somewhere right there outside the top yeah. five. Like I think it's more Rosen goes ten. Yeah, I think it's more in that range. I mean, it's it's tough because you're dealing with different styles and different players and, and different moments. And but like, I think people forget every year, despite the fact that there's always hyped about what we said about all of these guys the year prior, what we said about them on draft day, and how people talked about Baker Mayfield, how people talked about Sam Darnold as the number one pick until like three days before the draft. You know, how people talked about the wild card Josh Allen. Now it's going to be like the wild card Jordan Love. Now Allen was a better prospect, but I mean, like in a way that. You know, we hear these same narratives. So it's always interesting to see. And the reality is, is you, even without the, the pro day and all the other stuff, I, I trust the people that have to make their living watching these players to tell us which ones they like above the others. I, I know, and we've talked about this a lot with Herbert and Tua. I know everybody in Miami has been the, the tank for Tua trained since the beginning of last year. But I'm going to trust the scouts that have been working since that point to figure out which quarterback they like more and which quarterback they like more in their system. Uh, whether they trade up for one, whether they stay put or whatnot, it, it's just going to be fascinating either way. Because no matter what happens, somebody's going to be pissed off. Just it, it always happens. Uh, it, there's there's it's no a great scenario. comparison.
0: Actually. Yeah, no, it's a great comparison. Four, four and four. Uh, I think Rosen is definitely better than Love. If he was the fourth to go at, at number ten that year, and Rosen at one point was high, the, the top prospect in that draft. Yeah. I think Sam Darnold would probably still be the top guy of all. We put all eight of those together. Those four against these four. Baker yeah. Mayfield had the swag and what Cleveland wanted to bring to Cleveland more than Sam Darnold did. Uh, I still think Sam's probably the best prospect out of that bunch. Burrow is really, really solid, but there's a, there's a ceiling there. The, the floor is okay. When we talked about it then, it, Arnold had the Burrow's ceiling, I don't, I don't know, was that high. I mean, none of these guys are Andrew Luck.
3: No, that's ridiculous. There's
0: nobody. And if you go back to Andrew Luck, RG3 went second and was a freak. Yeah. Should it? It was a, I mean, it it was, they were, they were cutting hairs between Andrew Luck and RG3 when they came out. Neither one of those guys are there. Mahomes isn't in this draft. But when you go to Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in that draft, they're both undersized. So like Herbert's really the only true size, prototypical kind of guy. I mean, they all, everybody has flaws in this one and everybody had flaws in that one. It's a great comparison. But I think, When you get into Jordan Love and Eason and past that, I think there's really more three guys in this one than there are four.
2: Yeah. Like, look, I'm not, I know it's become like the, when somebody says something and then like it sticks, the little narrative or catchphrase, like if I see one more Jordan Love is the poor man's Patrick Mahomes, if I see that quote one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm just, I'm I'm just, I'm just going to lose my mind. (laughs) I, I, I hate it. I hate seeing it. And even if it was true, that's not what – like, people don't know how to reference a poor man's blank. Okay, so you you got a worse version. Yeah, best player in the
0: NFL? Who does that yeah, make him? Of Jack co-
1: yeah.
2: Prescott? Yeah, so I, Come on. I, I hate, yeah, I hate that comparison. Uh, I agree with you, Jake. I think I would take – you know, line them all up. I'm taking Darnold out of all that group. But, as, again, he, here's another thing that we talk about before we get off this topic, and we brought up the, the Trevor Lawrence stuff for next year and how everybody's so sure. I remember when last offseason, when Herbert decided to go back so he wouldn't be the Giants quarterback, that everyone said he is going to be the surefire, no doubt, number one quarterback off the board this year. He might go two. He might go number two out of the other quarterbacks, he might go third. But he was surefire. You know, I remember when Jake Locker was the surefire number one quarterback going to be off the board. Matt Liner was the surefire number one quarterback coming off the board. You know, oh, you know, there, there's no, like, it's, we, we see this all of the time. Just let things play out.
3: It's, it's, I'm glad you brought it up, Jamie, because it happens every year, right? It, It happens and it happens a lot of times. And even within this season alone, you're talking about tank for Tua and now Tua's put out his Pro Day tape, and there's a lot of people it, walking it back, right? They're taking steps going, oh, I don't know. He's that a lot of injuries, and this and that and the other thing. It's going, there's no guarantees. It's a lottery Here's the
0: thing with Tua, Paige. The hardest part about grading Tua from film is he's throwing slants to four first-round receivers. There's two more coming out next year, and Devontae yeah. Smith's the best one of these four, period, He's coming back to school. Waddell's a freak. He throws a RPO. To half the field he didn't read the whole field 80 percent of the time is a slant and these dudes take it to the house because they're yeah. freak athletes he throws an accurate slant other than that and he has some crap he's got some magic about him right he's got a little bit of that deshaun watson makes some stuff happen other than that he's really hard to evaluate he's undersized apparently he looks shorter because he's kind of squatty built even though he's like right yeah, at i stood foot. next to him he he's, he's a left-handed George. drew Brees. come on man come on. Mm, okay you can't all right a left-handed top eight player in the history of the damn game no he's really hard to evaluate he's throwing slants to four first round freaks like behind behind five first round eight maybe eight first rounders playing on the offensive line that he's playing behind for the last couple years he's really hard to evaluate plus the injury history like that one
3: it's it's impossible not to factor uh, that in you have to factor that in and on top of that no NFL team is going to physically be able to evaluate him on their own ahead of this, because you didn't get him at the combine. You're not getting a pro day. You're not getting any in-person time. And I understand these are strange circumstances, but this is your job on the line. So if you, you, know
0: if you draft him, he's not playing year one.
3: Absolutely. You like have you're, to assume you're, you're,
0: you're counting that in. So like, oh, okay. That's cool. He's going to sit whether it's health or he's not ready to play, whatever it is. So that's why Miami still makes the most sense with this magic. But, I don't know, man. Like, there's there's a lot there to to figure out.
3: Yeah, I think to your point, as somebody who uh, speaking for myself that runs a draft company, I feel as if I should outlaw certain. Uh, certain groupings of players that are not allowed to be talked about uh when you're making evaluations i'm just going to take the top 10 of each category and go i don't ever want to see anybody say that insert player is like drew Brees, tom brady but any of them i just i keep I just, hearing
0: trevor lawrence is a more athletic peyton manning
3: no i don't want to hear it i don't hear how I the
0: hell it. are you gonna say that yeah he's a big goofy tall dude with a With he's got a better arm than peyton but all those intangibles and who Peyton Manning was at the time, you can't compare him to that.
3: Just... And if
0: you're comparing – if you're comparing two of it Drew Brees, Drew Brees was a second-round pick. He was too short with not enough big enough arm before the shoulder injury, who's yeah. now a top-ten player in the history of the game. You Left-handed Drew, come on, man. Like, I
3: just – honestly, I feel bad for the players that get those just huge weight of
0: – The other one's Russell Wilson. So we're not even talking – Russell's not even a Hall of Famer yet. He's heading that way. but. Here's the difference between two and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson never got caught in college. He never got hurt by getting caught. Nobody can catch his ass in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> He's no. not that dude. Yeah. He moves around and makes some shit happen, but he ain't Russell Wilson. No. Period. So stop it just, that one.
2: It's just, we're, we're so starved for comps. And I think people love it so much that it, it's it's, you could say they do this element. This element of their game is similar to this player's element of the yeah, game. Yeah, totally. Think that different. is va- that. That totally is valid. Different. Trying to compare one to one, it, it's just it. One, it can't be done. It's ridiculous. Every every player is different. Every player is different style. Every, and by the way, sometimes you have to change it up when you get to the NFL. You have to change the things that you do. You learn things. You grow. Hopefully, you're learning things it and growing at, at at that point. So I don't know. Here's just, what here's
0: what I like when you're comparing. His footwork is like, yeah, his release, his release, his like, his multiple throwing angles are like, okay, yes. So if a guy throw it from Matthew Stafford the way that he has his release and his throwing motion, the way that it comes out of his hands so quickly is Aaron Rodgers esque. Those things you can do, but to say he's a left-handed Drew Brees is absolutely asinine. Like, yes, take some time. Think up some adjectives and actually put something in here that makes sense because the say is the left-handed Drew Brees is just ridiculous.
2: Yeah. No, it's just- and last thing before I get, I get off the soapbox here. Like the other thing too, and it, it's, I think some draft analysts fall into, in this trap because the viewing public will view this negatively. You're only allowed to make stylistic comparisons to superstar players. The second you label a – some of them might have, have unbelievable skill but just let's say didn't just didn't get it either for whatever reasons through injury or other elements of this game. So you're saying we couldn't say hey, Joe Burrow is like Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying is like, you can't say that. That okay, wouldn't he be has, the worst
0: comparison in the world. No. no, but if
2: someone says like, well, look, he's got an arm like Blaine Gabber, Somebody will complain about that saying, how, how can you take somebody that has an arm like Blaine Gabbert with the number one pick and, and not you Blaine Gabber throw? Exactly, yeah, but people don't think that. They think no, that they think. Exactly. Oh well, he's like Blaine Gabbert. I don't want to take Blaine Gabber with the number one pick. So you you have this point where that has it's happened to point. so many people that they go, okay, well now I can only compare him to superstar players. Which again, if a quarterback came out with you know uh, you know Dan Marino's arm and Tom Brady's intangibles <laughs> and Michael Vick's speed and and, and, and you know. Just, just like, created a sure. Well, then they would be the greatest football player of all time. But I don't think we're, I'm going to go on a limb and say the greatest football player of all time is not coming out in this draft class. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to really See, I mean, reach out there. That's a great point.
0: Actually, we were talking comparing classes. Blaine Gabbert would be right there with Justin Herbert and Burrow. Burrow just had a magical season, which has elevated him to this number one thing. Blaine Gabbert, 6'4", 230 with a rocket arm, was a tenth overall yeah. pick the year he came out of Missouri to Jacksonville also played for nine head coaches and eight coordinators in his first eight years in the league. That's going to kill anybody. To Mm -hmm. say that four years from now Joe Burrow is Derek Carr, it's not the worst thing in the world, but that's a great point. We're not allowed to compare these guys to what may actually happen. They're going to bad teams because they're picking the top five of the draft. Right? You go back and look at the last 12 number one overall picks, none of them have really done a whole lot.
3: because They went to
0: bad franchises that had to be built around them, and then they didn't pan out
3: it's more likely that these guys are going to fail than they're going to have and Russell Wilson level careers, right? Right. What I mean,
0: like if you're failing because you're Derek Carr and you're a solid starting quarterback in the NFL, that was a decent pick. That would be success. When You're trading four picks to move up to three to do it. That's not okay. It's got to be better than that. It's got to be in those top five, six guys.
3: For sure. Which is why that's why I've argued. uh, I argued with, and I mean this sincerely, and the guys, will, the guys will probably feel bad for me putting them on blast, but I argued with every single one of them at the Combine, with the exception of Jordan Reed, who agreed with me right away, and then they all tiptoed their way back because I said that the difference between taking Joe Burrow, if I was a GM, that I would rather have Justin Herbert and an 18th overall pick and a 26th overall pick than trading all three to move up to one for Joe Burrow. And they all oh, yeah. told me I was insane. And then, then I walked them through, right? And I went, okay, this, 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 this. And then, and then all of a sudden Kyle Krabs comes over this side and Joe Marino comes over this side and Trevor comes over this side. I go, listen guys, I get what Joe Burrow has done and it's exciting, but it's one year because if you go back to November of last year, right? And they're playing Alabama, go watch that tape and tell me what you see about Joe Burrow because it's not good. And you're not going to find a lot of positivity in that. I'm not saying what he did this year. Two, is, nove- two
0: Novembers ago. Two
3: Novembers ago, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. when I was having the discussion. I, I mean, that's that's a valid point. It's like a, it's like a band who has a one who has one great song. Does that make that, does that mean the, ne- the next song is going to be great, too? I don't know. Probably not. You're splitting and,
0: hairs and putting those – there's no way you're giving up your other two first-round no picks when you Miami and you're rebuilding it. a franchise to take yeah. splitting hairs between those, those two guys. There's the not difference enough- between Burrow and Herbert is not –
3: can't not guarantee can. me. Nope. Can't guarantee it to it's me. It's not the
0: difference between Herbert and Love. No. Yeah. 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 No. Absolutely.
3: That's that's exactly right. That's exactly. Right. I knew I'd find. I knew I'd find that my guys here are much more logical. I had to had to really reel in the TDN guys and tell them that that was not. It was a fun discussion though. We argued for oh at least an hour about this. It was it was a very fun simulation. All right. The the last. Now that we've gone off on a quarterback tangent for the last fifteen minutes. We will end the podcast with the Washington Redskins, who, if you were looking for a spicy, interesting, awesome free agency, you shouldn't look here because there wasn't a ton of movement here, right? They, they, their two biggest acquisitions are Peyton Barber and Kendall Fuller. They lose Eric Flowers, Case Keenum, Josh Norman, Colt McCoy, Michael Burton. Right. Those, are the, those are the contracts that are coming off the books. Um, we talked about Case Keenum, Eric Flowers obviously going to Miami, Josh Norman in Buffalo. So, Jamie, when you look at this season, you look at this free agency period overall, there's obviously not a ton to evaluate. Um, and this is definitely a team that, you know, they have the number two overall pick, so they can obviously make a, a huge pick and everybody talking about them taking Chase Young, which will obviously change this defense right away. How do you evaluate this free agency uh, thus far? Look, I mean, uh,
2: the, the, the diamond that was out there that we found out later, reportedly, they were after Amari Cooper, uh, which I think would have been fascinating to put him and, and Terry McLaren next to each other. let talk about adding weapons for a young quarterback. Uh, you know, it is what it is. They're, they're not a team built to compete right away. Uh, I, you know, losing flowers, losing... Uh, maybe losing Trent Williams. Well, they didn't have him last year, but that, that that situation doesn't seem like they're any closer to resolving it than they were six months ago. Um, and I don't know if they're going to be able to resolve it on draft day with capital for this year or or what the situation is going to be, whether it lingers. Um, they're collecting running backs, like they're going out of style with uh, Adrian Peterson, Darius Geist, Bryce Love, JD McKissick, Peyton Barber, Josh Ferguson. They've got a couple running backs on the roster now. Uh, it's look it, it's about taking the next step forward as 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 a franchise you have a new head coach you have a young quarterback that you need to make a determination on probably by the end of next season if not sooner if, if that's going to be your guy or not and then if it's not figuring out what where you go from there you're going to add the best player in the draft and an unbelievable dynamic pass rusher in chase young at number two and you have a lot of first round picks in that front with like john jonathan allen there montez sweat you have that's also out there um I'm Ron like Payne. on the Deron Payne. Uh, I mean, so you have, a, right. yeah. Carrigan. I mean, Car- I mean yeah. you have a lot of talent in that front seven now, which is going to be extremely interesting. I like the addition of Fuller. Uh, it's look, they're not going to be a team that is going to be hanging around eight wins this year, but I expect them to be more competitive. It's all going to be about how Dwayne Haskins takes the next step forward. If he takes the next step forward, and how much forward does he take? uh to see where the future of this franchise is i didn't expect them to be play big players i was surprised anybody when you heard that they were in on amari cooper yeah. uh, to invest it in a, that much money in a wide receiver at this stage in their rebuilding i think would have been foolish as fun as it would have been to think about and as fun as it would have been for Dwayne haskins uh, they're probably best for the long-term future that they don't have all that money tied up in, in amari cooper but uh, to me it wasn't it wasn't a, a a great off season, but it wasn't supposed to be a great off season. Like they're, they're not great, being great on the same scale as the other teams in the division. Uh, so I thought what well, they've done is perfectly fine. And if I'm not mistaken, did they bring, bring in Thomas Davis too? Um, yes. If they, yes. If yeah. Okay. That, love that from a leadership standpoint. T- talk about a Ron Rivera guy.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I think that is a tremendous addition. Maybe not for, that you won't, won't see that probably in the box score as much, even though Davis can still play. You won't see that as much in the box score. Uh, I love giving all the young guys that they have in the front, bringing another one with the number two pick, most likely. Have a guy like Thomas Davis in that locker room to help facilitate this culture change that Ron Rivera is trying to bring to Washington.
3: Especially, great, great point. Yeah, great point, Jamie. Especially since one of the uh, one of the many great Jake rants of last year was one about a young Dwayne Haskins, right? And and the the attitude that he had, right, where he's taking a selfie and misses the end of the game and and, and the snap because because and they have to take a penalty because he's goofing off, right? And and that's Case where Keenum I'm,
0: ran in the damn game because he had his helmet actually was paying attention to what the hell to. was going on.
3: And I remember that ran, and I'm thinking you bring up a great point, Jamie. One, Ron Rivera, right? That's probably it's not a part of the free agency grade, but it it's the biggest part. It's the off season grade. grade, right? It's the biggest part of what this team and organization did, and it's TBD on whether or not Snyder actually actually finally lets somebody run an organization, right? Because that's what needs to happen here, Jake. There's not that much to evaluate from the movement they made, but I'm glad you brought up Thomas Davis, because I think our biggest criticism as a group of this team last year was with Dwayne Haskins and whether or not this kid could be a leader. And that's, I know it's on the defensive side of the football, but now you have a guy like him with potentially you drafting chase young. So you're, you're bringing him on and you're going to teach him how to be a pro Dwayne Haskins needs to learn how to be a pro as well. And that's the biggest part of this, Jake.
0: Locker rooms don't matter if it's offense or defense, and you basically took the coach's dude and put him in the locker room. Matters to handle all that kind of shit. So whether Thomas Davis is done and can't play on the field, which is not the case, he's still in that locker room, which is an extension of that coaching staff. This is an organizational grade, not yeah. necessarily a team grade. Yeah. I'm giving them a B plus for their offseason. They hired Ron Rivera. They fired Bruce Allen. They moved on organizationally. Ron Rivera is ready to have personnel ish control and yeah, work with a general control. manager that he yeah. likes. I like that. Uh, That front seven is going to be pretty freaking ridiculous pass rush wise. Um, Dwayne Haskins has to take a big step forward, not a baby step forward, but I like their pieces offensively. Their receivers played pretty well. The biggest thing that they did was they franchised Brandon Sheriff and they brought back their best offensive player. If I could give them an A, if they get a first or second rounder back for Trent Williams or they bring him back and he wants to play for them, I give this damn offseason an A. I don't know how you could solidify a more jacked-up-ass organization for decades (laughs) than bringing in Ron Rivera, having a franchise left tackle, a solid superstar guard, a quarterback of the future, good young receivers, and a badass front seven. Plus, they got rid of a bunch of expiring contracts and a bunch of turds they don't want in the locker room. (laughs) All of that is a hell of an offseason. So we're not grading them on winning games now. We're grading them on winning games later on. And I got to give him a solid B with a chance to have an A even before the draft. And if you take Chase Young. A. With
3: A. Yeah, with a, with
0: <laughs> Kerrigan and Deron Payne and Jonathan yeah. Allen. Yeah, A. Dude, they're rushing the passer. Yeah. Yeah. And stopping the run. Like, not, those, not,
3: Yeah, not only that, Jake, but we talk about this all the time, is, is that you saw the difference between that Carolina roster when Ron Rivera was no longer in that locker room. This team will compete every single Ron
0: Rivera's teams overachieve they yes. play better Always than their have. talent level by the way landon collins is still on the back end of that that you're paying a mm-hmm. ton of money for he'll get some corners to play nobody knew heard oh, yeah. of bradbury before they drafted in mid rounds before it, they'll be fine on defense but you that may be the best front seven that's saying something he's ever had yeah, yeah. i mean they've had some damn good front seven yeah, this, could be, the this could be really good from, from a could be from yeah. a disruptive standpoint I, I, oh. I think
2: it is. The, I think it's clearly the and best. And he's a uh, guy
0: that likes to rush the front four and maybe blitz a weird one here and mm-hmm. there. But, man, you, not only have you, four, you have four, you got five guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, you they, can, you young got, guys. I, don't know. Guys I like what they're on. building. I love Terry McLaren came on last mm-hmm. year. Huge. Who's your boy, Jamie? They came on late. Oh, Steven
2: Sims Jr. came on. Kelvin phenomenal. Harman. Kevin Harmon played low They were both here.
0: great. Now, you got way too many damn running backs. You just need to be solid back there. Yes. But if they could get something back for Trent Williams or they get Trent Williams back. And Brandon Sheriff, we gotta talk about they franchise yeah, him, maybe deal. one of the hottest guys on the market for free agency that they didn't let get there. I love what they did organizationally.
3: I think the I biggest the biggest part of this that creates the X factor is is whether or not Dwayne Haskins can actually take a step forward, right? And and this
0: is That's the X factor to winning games.
3: Correct. They'll and figure
0: it, that they'll figure that out, but they're building everything else in the image yeah, of Ron Rivera. They're gonna be much better. And it's gonna be sustainable it's not going to be hit or miss it's not going to be as dependent on injuries like everybody else they're going to build a Ron reverse culture that Carolina was solid every year whether we thought they're going to go six and ten or eight and eight they were always better than that That defense was always overachieving because he knows what he wants to do just like Sean McDermott is doing in Buffalo it's very similar if the quarterback play is okay they're going to be okay if Dwayne Allen, Dwayne Haskins can't do it they'll figure it out because they're not expecting to win a ton of games now but they're building towards sustainable success for the first time in a while in Washington
3: yeah and if and if they can do that right and if they can put Dwayne Haskins in the best possible scenario it's going to be pretty easy to evaluate whether or not he's the guy moving forward right because I think this is going to be a much different you're gonna they're gonna give him the best opportunity to have success and I think it's it's because of Ron and because of the pieces they're going to surround him with and because of the defense, it's going to be glaringly obvious if Dwayne Haskins can't take that step forward. And I think it's, it's it's going to be, he got
0: better. Look, he he got better the second half. I was very, very critical of him early in his career. Like early on last year, he looked awful. His body language was shit. We talked about that, but he made some plays. and I, I credited him for it last year. We were doing the shows down the stretch, man. They, those young guys gelled together and looked pretty good.
3: Yeah. It, with, say,
0: with the old man, old OAD in the Gall- backfield. Yeah,
3: with, all, yeah with, with, with AP for sure. And I'll tell and, you, the,
0: the more interesting pick is Chase Young's going there too. Yeah, and that's for
3: sure. A home run. Lock.
0: 34. There's still going to be a bunch of damn good players with the way that this first round goes. Doing this mock, I was like – I was looking at some other people's second rounds going, okay, there's still a bunch of really good players.
3: Yeah, there's yeah. – like A this, bunch
0: of really good players in that that 34. They're going to get – and then if they, if they get something back because they move on from Trent Williams, they can get, maybe get another second. I know they want a first, but, man, two and 34 could be instant home runs for building this thing for the future.
3: I'm looking at the Trent Williams thing as the big, the big deal that they can make here. I'd right? love and to it's... see him
0: get him back and him wanting to play for Ron. Same.
3: And I think if there's anybody – if Ron... But I think
0: it's a Snyder thing. I think it's above Ron. I don't think he has a problem playing for Ron. Of course. He has a problem playing for the organization owned by Snyder that did him yeah. the way they did him. Yeah. and it was dirty. He has a reason to be pissed. Of
3: course, of course. I, I, if, yeah. if anybody's going to get him to dial back in, I trust that Ron can kind of have the ability to do that. Jamie, any other thoughts on kind of them going into the draft? And you know, we've talked about Chase Young at nauseum. It seems I know people have had some fun going. Well, maybe they'll do a quarterback. Maybe they'll, I, come on, it's no, it's Chase the, Young. No. It's it's. The odd,
2: the obvious answer is the right answer here. Take the best player on the board. Take the best player in the draft. He, he'll help them immensely. I'm with Jay. I just want to echo what he said there. If you look at it as an organizational grade, not a free agency grade, they absolutely get a B-plus with a chance for much more. Uh, you would love to bring Trent Williams back. I'm just not – I get why he doesn't want to be a part of that organization anymore. And I think if those of you who haven't read up on it, go read up on it. It'll become very obvious why he doesn't want to be a yeah. part of that organization anymore. Uh, but, but you're going to get compensation that- if he's not yeah of you're, gonna, you're gonna
0: get something back yeah
2: they just need to they need to solve that one way or the other before we get yeah. to whenever training camp's gonna be uh they yeah. need they need to solve that
3: yeah for for sure all right final thoughts on on the nfc east jamie i'll let you go first
2: Uh, interesting division uh, because I think the the Redskins are going to be a tougher team uh, to beat. Again, I don't have them contending, but they're going to, we talked about their pass rush. They're going to make things difficult when you play them, especially in DC giants are going to get a little bit better, but they need their health to They need health. And then Daniel Jones to take another step forward, but the two top teams in this division, it's very interesting to me because the Eagles, I think have overtaken the Dallas Cowboys from a talent level. I think they will by the end of this draft class, The Cowboys still have all the talent in the world on offense, but I have a lot more questions about this team overall than I did at the beginning of last year, given the way they performed late in the season when it mattered. I know they have a new coach now, but I I think we're going to see that a lot of things that were overlooked or a lot of things that were excused or blamed on Jason Garrett continue to be prevailing problems for the Dallas Cowboys, which is just their complete lack of playing up to the level that they are capable of. Uh, And I don't know if that's fully a coaching issue. I know that's the easiest answer. That's the easiest thing people look at. Oh, fire the coach, change the coach. Uh, I think it's going to be more difficult than that, particularly if we continue to have Dak Prescott contract drama heading into the season again. Uh, I think that's going to be another issue for them. And, you know, heaven forbid one of their offensive stars get hurt all of a sudden, you know, this was an offense that we kept waiting to really, they took off statistically yards wise, which was nice and all. And we've talked about the difference between how being the number one <laughs> rated offense is versus actual production you get from the offense. But I, I don't know. I just, I just look, I look at this team and I go, I, you tell me they go 11 and five. That's best case scenario. You tell me they go seven and nine. I, I don't think I would bat an eye. Like, I just think there's a, every team has a range of outcomes, but I think for Dallas, skill level, they have a, the higher range for possible outcomes than any other team in
3: this division. Not only that, I want to, I'll ask you to answer that, Jake. If you if you're you're looking at those two outcomes, right, eleven and five and seven and nine, I would argue that it's more realistic they go seven and nine than it is eleven and five. But I, I can be swayed either way. If you're looking at the Cowboys now, because we know this division, there's this division has so much intrigue just because of the markets they're in and the teams that they're that, that play here. But the Cowboys lead in that charge, right? And this is a totally different team that we've been used to watching under Jason Garrett for 10 years. It's, it's a totally – I, I can't believe they actually did it, right? This was the the move that seemed to make sense for a long time. But, Jake, do you think they're more likely to be the 7-9 and nine or the 11-5 team this year?
0: I'd have to probably go with 7-9 and nine because I can't imagine them staying healthy. Alden Smith has to play like the best version of himself. And Jay Glazer's got him in phenomenal shape. The dude's like 290 yeah. with abs and looks ridiculously freakish. But he's never stayed together. Mm-hmm. If he could stay together on the other side of Demarcus Lawrence and Gerald McCoy could play at the level he played at last year, <coughs> excuse me, motivated, not the last two years he was in Tampa, and Don Terry Poe is a solid run stopper, okay, cool. You tell me Vander Esch and Sean Lee and Jalen Smith all stay healthy? Okay, I'm, sure. I'm starting to lean towards 11 and 5 because this offense is going to be okay. But if they get a couple offensive line injuries, one receiver injury, one or two linebacker or J- or Alden Smith gets suspended again. I can see the Redskins or Giants beating them. This division, my final thoughts are this division to close the gap.
3: Yeah, for went sure. from,
0: eh, who can win it? They all suck, but they have a lot of talent in Philly and Dallas. These two were terrible. To, they, they closed the gap. And I think in another year or two, it's going to be really interesting, depending on who's playing quarterback in Washington and how good they're playing, this division got a little closer.
3: You even saw it towards the end of the last year, right? That was my final thoughts. Like the end of last year, you were looking at the the Philadelphia Eagles and the and the Dallas and all these teams, and you're going, "Man, these there's superstar
0: quarterback won the division with nobody, with nobody. When Dallas couldn't get out of their own damn way to win the division, it was it was pretty much handed 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 to them, them. and they couldn't do it. No, and Carson Wentz with nobody made it happen
3: see that's where I look at that and I go that wasn't on the coaching stuff and I know that plenty of people Jason have looked- Garrett's
0: a great dude and a solid yep. coach man it's okay. too easy to go the problem with Jason Garrett he had been there forever huh? he played there he's assistant he was a head coach nobody knew what something else different would be but it made sense to move on but you can't just go oh it's all coaching by the way Chris Richard has interviewed for every head coaching job for five years Carroll Disciple, and Rod Marinelli was on this damn defense. Yeah. Like, you had good coaches. For sure. Everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's easy to say, okay, it's all Jason Garrett. Let's we'll see what they do. I, I agree with Jamie. I, I don't know that you're not going to see a lot of the same stuff from them, but they got to stay healthy. I could see them being 11-5, and five, but they got to stay really healthy, and Alden Smith has to play as, as that one year that he was himself. And he looks like he can, but he – prove it to me.
3: Yeah. Dallas
0: just- – there's, there's my thoughts on Dallas. Prove Prove it to me. me. Billy. You've proved it. You continue to prove it. You proved it last year with Carson Wentz and nobody else. Literally, nobody. Uh, Alice, prove it to me.
3: My final thoughts here are I can't believe that I'm excited to watch the Washington Redskins. That's my final thoughts because I am a big Ron Rivera fan and I never ever thought that I would ever have any slight rooting interest for Washington Redskins, but I'm intrigued. And I, and I love Ron, and I'm super interested in, to see what this team does. And, man, I, I have never said those words before. So those are my final thoughts on, on the Washington I'm Ridge.
0: excited to watch that front seven.
3: Yeah. Those that's... younger
0: receivers were fun to watch at the end of last year. I mean, they got some pieces. They got that front teams. seven, dude.
3: Oh, it's going to be woo. nasty. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you what. You go back to the, okay, what do the Giants need to do? It's looking a lot more like tackle at four. Because that damn front seven they're about to play, and we just talked about Dallas's front sevens, pretty damn solid. Yep, Philly's been pretty damn good rushing the passer for a while. Hmm. It's looking a lot like more like four for Gettleman there than it also, there was when we, before we talked about it. Dave Gettleman's still
3: there. Like I love yeah. the entertain the entertainment of thinking about Simmons is fun. But Dave Gettleman is still the GM. Although Giants fans might want him gone, he's not—he's not gone. He's still there. And that I think with all those tackles available, and the point at which we just discussed the front seven that they're going to be matching up with quite often, probably going to be a tackle. So just—just just subscribe to the idea, and—and and don't be disappointed. Looking at you, Robert Juden from the Draft Network. So just—just calm yourself if they don't take Isaiah Simmons. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media?
2: You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Jake? Jake B. Arians
0: on Twitter.
3: You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram. You can uh, be sure to check out Jake's mock that's coming out on Monday. It's going to be coming out hot. I'm quite sure that he is going to be engaging with people on social media because uh, Jake loves himself some arguing about football. So I, I, am, I am just going to sip the tea and watch back on Monday as I am entertained by the inevitable arguing that happens. So have everybody, I hope everybody has a good weekend.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time,